0: Oh yeah, content galore on this Monday, which we love. Content galore with the 2025 class. We're also in late signing period week and no storylines really available for OU right now. We'll get into all that, but first, I want to give a round of applause to start off the show on this Monday. And I want to give a round of applause to our own Parker Thune, who did something phenomenal on Friday. Phenomenal on Friday. You have no idea what this is, do you? I have no idea. What is it? Well, while you were waiting to see Lincoln Cure on Friday, I joked about the idea of Lincoln Cure throwing down a dunk in the game. Ah, yes. Throwing the horns down and you getting a photo of it. You didn't do that, but you got the next best thing. I'm just sitting around on Friday night relaxing. And someone with the Twitter account, Athletic Supporter, (laughs) tagged me in a tweet. (laughs) Athletic Supporter. Yes, Athletic Supporter, tagged me in a tweet that said, Wow, you did it. Eat your heart out, at Tyler underscore McComas. And there is a tweet from you with Lincoln Cure, the four-star tight end, throwing the double horns down he went all out man oh he went all out with the horns down that's a good looking horns down from lincoln cure right there i know isn't it i don't know if you like pulled him to the side and said hey let's do let's practice this a little bit okay this is what it looks like down in oklahoma or if that was just natural to him but it was good practice
1: there was no premeditation he just nailed the horns down
0: Double just horns like down, man! It it looked good uh, for Lincoln Cure, man. I was, I, I laughed. I got a good laugh out of that. So, thank you, athletic supporter, for tagging me in that. Thank you, Parker Thune, for uh, capturing that photo. Did you tell him to do the horns down, or did he just do it on on his own for the photo? I'll let folks draw their own conclusions. <laughs> on that one. Okay, I have a conclusion that I will definitely draw from that. I'll, I'll ask you later on about Lincoln Cure, um, what you saw from him on Friday, his visit this weekend. But let's start with the commit. Uh, Ryan Foge, the three-star offensive lineman. And I think it was a week ago today, you and I are sitting here saying, is there going to be a commit in the month of February? Is that going to happen? <laughs> and it happens on February 3rd. And, okay, so some people just like to see the three-star and say, eh, is that really all that Im- of impressive of a player? we got to remember, we're really early on in the cycle. Rankings are going to change. So I think with any recruit, Parker and especially now at the time of the year, I like to look at the offer list and what the offer list looks like. Yep, Texas, A&M, USC, Mizzou, Tennessee all, all, all offered this kid. How did it come together so quickly for Ryan Well, yeah. The kid just loved Oklahoma.
1: Loved his first visit up there. Felt confident enough to pull the trigger, not just because of the way Oklahoma made him feel while he was on campus, but also the track record of the Honorable William ah, E. Biedenbow.
0: Yes, it is.
1: He's, a, he's kind of on a heater right this now. This is, Tyler. a lot like, of people are weird. talking
0: about it. It's the golden era of Cruton for William E. Biedenboe. Turns out, <laughs> when you have
1: a first-round pick in back-to-back years, recruits take notice. I shouldn't say as a first-round pick. We don't know that for sure yet. Sure, looking Tyler like Guyton go. is sure looking like he's going to be I a first-round I saw first round
0: number pick. 19 to the Rams uh, earlier today. I did see that. I'm not seeing a yeah. mock draft without him in the first round, so it feels like that's going to happen. Now it's the golden era of Curtin for William E. Biedenbeau. Uh Even Jim and Arlington was like, there it is, early favorite for K-Ref Recruiter of the Month. He's gunning for that 3 Pete, man. Back
1: to back to back. I tell you. Bill, Bill must have seen that tweet and said,
0: all right, Got to give Emmett some company. <laughs> he's on a he's on a heater right now, man. It's it's impressive. Six five, two seventy five at a Bridgewood, Texas. Ryan Foget. And would it be fair to say that this guy just raw talent? Seeing as he hasn't played very much offensive line so far in his career, like is OU seeing some real upside here with, with this skits? They are, and to be honest with you, Tyler. I am a
1: little bit surprised that they decided to go ahead and just take Ryan Fogey's commitment this early in the process. But I think that speaks highly of what Bill Biedenboe sees in Ryan Fojay. And also, when you have back-to-back first-round picks in the NFL draft, generally you're someone whom I am going to be inclined to lend the benefit of the doubt when it comes to evaluation. Sure. Right? Like... If Bill Biedenboe is comfortable taking Ryan Fogey's commitment on February 4th, OU fans should be comfortable with that as well. Yeah. Because that means he sees a ton of potential in this kid. And, look, I I can't even tell you how many messages I got yesterday from folks all over, not just in the OU space but elsewhere, saying, man, I really like Ryan Fogey on tape. There's a lot there that remains to be unlocked because he is so – Raw, he is so inexperienced when it comes to playing offensive line. He's only played offensive tackle for one season. And so, he's big, he's strong, he's athletic. He's got the intangibles that you look for in an elite offensive tackle, but I think one of the things that is exciting about him is you know, kind of like with Daniel Akinkumi, right? There is another level to his game, if you will, that hasn't necessarily been unlocked yet.
0: And it's one of those that if he comes here and, you know, is is about the right things and buys in everything that's going on, they feel like, yeah, this guy can be a special player for us at some point. Maybe not right away, maybe not immediately with Ryan Foget or Daniel Locke and Kumi, but maybe by that second year, uh, going into that third year even, that uh, if they unlock that true potential, then they, they've really got something there. And again, like, Maybe upside's the key word for this one. I'll I'll go back to what I said a few minutes ago. I'll just go back to the offer list right here. Texas, Texas A&M, in-state schools, right? Uh, USC, Mizzou, Tennessee. And this was a guy that if he didn't commit this weekend, he was probably going to get more and more and more offers as the cycle kind of went on. So hang
1: on. I heard USC. I heard Texas. I heard Mizzou. Does that mean... Bill Beaton stuffed mule shoe, Eli Drinkwitz, and Sark in a locker. I think they could simultaneously. All f- I think they could
0: all fit in one locker. Yes, I think that's that's exactly what happened there. Bill rounded them all up and said, "Get on in there." I did read a, uh, I, I did read a, a little snippet from an article on Friday saying that Muleshoe is trying to get more into the uh, Midwest United States when it comes to recruiting. Hey, Muleshoe's all over social media today because I guess he was on the Pat McAfee show. He was on some other show, too. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. He's He's, decided it's time for public appearances. What does this say about the state of USC football? It's been like four months
0: since we've heard from the guy.
1: You know he doesn't do stuff like this without a motivation to do so. He's
0: like, uh, huh, Raiders OC job has opened up since uh, <laughs> my boy Cliff left. Can I get the Raiders, can I get that OC job, please? Can I send over my resume? Not the defensive resume, just the offensive resume, please. I just want to be the OC.
1: Yeah, that guy. Man, he is conniving. I just can't like I I can't figure out what is his angle this time. Why is he on the Pat McAfee
0: show? Maybe he's gonna Why spread another he- lie about OU and how they terrorized his home when he was here.
1: <laughs> he did mm-hmm. say on the Pat McAfee show
0: yeah there was a time we weren't going to take Caleb at
1: Oklahoma Oh yeah, and uh, he was just going to walk on here and I'm like yeah, finish the story
0: Muleshoe why weren't you going to take Caleb who was it that you had committed a guy that he's never even started a he's never even started a game yet has he Brock Vandegrift that, I don't think he's thrown a pass in college football did he transfer to Kentucky he this offseason okay did. well maybe he'll start there but that would be his first start ever no, but uh, nice get with Ryan Foget. I don't know if at any point in the cycle we'll say, yeah, he's one of the three or four best players in this class, but I I bet for those who really pay attention to his senior year out there at Bridgewood, again, he's only played one year at offensive tackle, like you said. He's going to be a guy that just continually throughout throughout the remainder of the year going to say, yeah, I'm seeing the upside here. He's he's making strides. By the way, I think Bill
1: is a subscriber over at OUinsider.com. Good to hear. It's just a hunch, but the reason I think that is because I posted the visitor list last week, which included Ryan Foj, and we had a member over at OUinsider.com get in the comments and say, uh, I live in Bridgeland. We never get any of those guys. They all go to Texas A&M.
0: I'm convinced Bill saw that post and said, hold my zin. <laughs> what, 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 do you have a member named William E. W, William <laughs> E.B. by chance? Not to my knowledge. Yeah, you'll, have to, you'll have to find that. Recruiting Boomer, formerly the Recruiting Doomer, says, I had a girlfriend that was like TBOW once. She now has three ex-husbands. Well, hopefully you're not <laughs> one of them,
1: Recruiting Boomer.
0: 918, Lincoln says Caleb Williams was willing to walk on. And he's told that story before. Yeah, which, it's not the first time we've heard it. I, I, I don't know which is worse. The fact that Muleshoe
1: wouldn't take Caleb on scholarship because he had Brock Vandegrift. Or the fact that Caleb and his family were so deceived by Muleshoe's, what even is the word? Two-facedness that they were willing to go out of their way financially
0: to play for him. Um, d- don't you think uh, it, that's one of those, like, hey, Lincoln, that's not really the flex that you think it is, Exactly, pal. Yeah. When it's, <laughs> If it was like a, another quarterback who just went in the first round or something, maybe. It's so but... hilarious how he makes all of these calculated
1: moves as far as PR is concerned, and they all backfire on him because the last time he was doing something like this, he was seeking sympathy for people that were – Watching his house and prowling,
0: <laughs>
1: what a door! And he we is. know how that ended.
0: Chapstick says Bill Bedenbo does his best work with tall, athletic guys that have the frame to put on weight and muscle. Screw the five stars. Let's just follow his normal path, and I trust he'll have more first rounders. Doesn't hurt that thirty percent of the starting uh, Super Bowl linemen saying that. I think he's saying that 30% of the Super Bowl offensive linemen played at OU.
1: Yeah, and I will say this. like, It's not often I would put a take like this out there this early about a three-star. I think Ryan Foj is going to be really good. Like, Just off film alone, I think that kid's going to play at Oklahoma. I think he'll be a multi-year starter at Oklahoma. Tyler, I like him a lot.
0: Tyler from Kellyville says, Can Mark Henry's son play left tackle for us? So Mark Henry's son committed to, uh, to wrestle at OU over this weekend. And Mark Henry was a former World Strongest Man competitor. Didn't he win the World Strongest Man yes. competition at one point? That's that's pretty that's pretty badass. And I think that was from a family. was that, was he with a family of Texas fans? Is that is that the deal? Mark Henry or Mark Henry's son? Yes. I think. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, Texas fans, but he's going to come to uh, OU and wrestle. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. Underrated story from this weekend, but a very cool one nonetheless. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet t- text line. A lot to get to because there's a lot of predictions in from this past weekend. We'll hit all that. National Signing Day coming up this week, and a whole lot more right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the homeless suitor fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and you, the ref army, listening as well via the free KREF app nationwide. Once I name off a city, would you like to give a rating on the 10 scale? 10 oh, being the highest? Sure, by all means. Chicago, Illinois is tuned in today. Never been there. Oh, it's. Don't really want to go. Oh, I love Chicago. Oh, okay. Lincoln, Nebraska is tuned in today.
1: Lincoln is, well, they lost a half a point. When they stole Grant Bricks from Oklahoma. <laughs> so I, I will give them a good solid 6.5 out of 10.
0: St. Louis, Missouri, tuned in today. St. Louis is 7. No, 7.5. I'll give it 7.5. I was going to give it 1.5. Fort oh, Worth, really? Texas, is tuned in via the KREF
1: app. Fort Worth, in, in absolutes, Fort Worth is a 6. Relative to the rest of the DFW Metroplex, it's a
0: 9. Wichita, Kansas, tuned in as well. Uh-oh. Three. Ooh. Anchorage, Alaska is tuned in this oh, afternoon. That's bucket list material.
1: Yeah, I've never Hopefully. been there. I can make it up there at some point.
0: And our small town of the day, Ufala, Oklahoma. Ah, uh, 10 out of 10. 10 out of all out 10. Day. Hall of Famers God come from bless Ufala. Mrs. Selman. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, okay, so to your, what is that, to your left there? To your left is the Dave Campbells. Yeah? Yeah, that Doug from Norman well, dropped well. off for us. And you'll see that Micah Hudson is the cover athlete in the Sand Dave Campbell's Sandaggy Micah yes. Hudson? S- Sandaggy Micah Hudson is the cover athlete for Dave Campbell's. So they do a they do a twenty four class cover athlete, a twenty five, and a twenty six. Twenty six at the back of the magazine was Booby Feaster, who we mentioned on Friday. Twenty five was well, Jonah Williams. Well, well, top ten player from Galveston, Texas. Well, well. Well, well, how about all of those predictions rolling in uh, for Jonah Williams this weekend? Um, should we expect something imminent to happen? I, he was supposed to be at A&M this weekend, but I guess he was at on uh, some 7-on-7 tournament instead. It's thought that he's going uh, ma- to make it back to A&M in the spring. Look, that maybe that's a fluid situation. Maybe he goes, maybe he doesn't. But I- is this imminent, or is this still going to last a, a few months here? Well, Tyler,
1: I thought I knew with all these predictions flying in, I don't feel like I know anymore because anybody who was listening in the 12 o'clock and the 1 o'clock hour knows uh, or kind of understands what I laid out as far as how predictions can affect the timelines and the shifting of the sands within a particular recruitment. Um, I would just say... If it comes to pass that Jonah Williams is still, come March and April, finding ways not to visit other schools, that's pretty telling. Yeah. And so regardless of when it happens, if he's not taking any additional visits, that pretty much tells you all you need to know.
0: I mean, this kid is – if you haven't watched film of him or looked into what he's all about – He's he's a dude. I, I mean, he he's got everything that you would want. I mean, look, size wise, six foot three, two hundred pounds, extremely athletic. Like my question for him, and I think that he's got to be in the conversation right now. You look at a guy like him, uh, DJ Pickett out of the state of Florida, Devin Sanchez from North Shore, um, who's committed to Ohio State. Like I. I You got to think Jonah Williams is really going to push for the number one defensive player in the 2025 class. Whether that happens or not is really beside the point. I think that he's in that group for the conversation of the best defensive player in this class.
1: Agree? He certainly is. And I would say he is easily the most unique defensive player in this class. Hawaiian Sooner asks, How serious is Jonah Williams about OU? Well, Hawaiian Sooner, he's serious enough about OU that I can tell you as of right now, I expect that he's going to be a Sooner. I I believe the visit last weekend went well enough that it cemented Oklahoma's status, firmly cemented Oklahoma's status as the leader in that race. And so that's how serious he is about OU, enough that Oklahoma leads and leads substantially right now. Now the question becomes, when you're dealing with a top-ten player and money is no doubt going to come into play, perhaps in copious quantities from oh, other schools, yeah. can you hold this lead
0: up until the commitment date and beyond? Yeah, well, I mean, because this guy, he's not just a great player. I mean, he's got elite speed. He's an elite player. With, excuse me, elite size is what I meant to say at 6'3", too. I I think he's pretty much elite at everything, honestly. But what really stands out is the 6'3", 200 pounds and all the different things that you could do with him defensively. But he's got every offer that you could want. I mean, he's got the Bama offer. He's got Ohio State. I mean, he's got all the offers. How did OU get out in front, seemingly, get out in front so fast for a top ten player like Jonah Williams? Because they've got one of the most
1: underrated and underappreciated recruiters in the nation. Coaching safeties for them. 24-7
0: sports, Big 12 Recruiter of the Year. A
1: couple of years ago. 24-7 sports, Big 12 Recruiter of the Year. Brandon Hall. B-Hall's
0: big time, man. Yeah. And I still think that, and I think people, like, you look at this year's team. Like, forget about the recruiting aspect that we just talked about, okay? Like, look at this year's team. Safety might be the single best might be the single best position group on the team this year. He's really acquired some talent there. He's developed the talent. And then you're talking about the recruiting prowess as well. I think people around here like, really, really like Brandon Hall. I still think though he's in some ways still a little bit underappreciated for how good of a recruiter and a defensive mind he really is. I I, I think that highly of Brandon Hall. I think he's that good.
1: Well, he's not and like I'm not necessarily saying there's anything wrong with the obverse of this, but Brandon Hall is somebody that doesn't exist in the public eye. You know, like he doesn't put himself out there all that much. He doesn't you know, he's not posting videos on social media. He's not um, he's not rhyming like Todd Bates. And obviously, everybody has a unique style, and there's a lot of value in the things that Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis and others do on social media for Oklahoma in the recruiting game. But I think the reason why Brandon Hall probably goes a little bit underappreciated and flies under the radar to a certain extent is because people don't see his face or his yeah. image or his tweets plastered all over their social media feed
0: yeah I, I was just trying to think of videos that i've seen brandon hall in the only one that comes to mind remember when O U or when OU played the espn plus game yes. and he was who was at greg nation over there he's trying to he was in that video where greg nation's trying to get the espn plus app to work and they gotta that call payton Bowen in yeah that was that was extremely well done. Hawaiian Sooner says, if B-Hall lands Jonah Williams, I am nominating him for K-Ref Recruiter of 2025. Yeah, he'll be tough to knock off that pedestal
1: if that happens.
0: I'm trying to figure out why Hawaiian Sooner put a money sign for the S on Jonah Williams. Because he's money. Is that a hint at this what's to come? Or going to dump? Ca- is that why Missouri has, uh, what was it, 70, $62 million today, the donation? They going after Jonah Williams with all the cash. <laughs> what, if they, what if Eli Drinkwitz called Jonah
1: Williams immediately and was like, "Hey, you see this uh, news about the twelve million dollars for an IL? All of that's yours if you commit to Missouri right now." <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: we're just gonna stick it to OU.
0: Uh, Tyler from Kellyville says, "Who's better, Williams or Bowen?" Uh, well, Jonah Williams would probably be somebody, end up ranked higher, but I, I somebody asked this question
1: last week. Bowen's pretty good. Yeah. It, Right now, and obviously I know Peyton Bowen is two years older, but right now Peyton Bowen is the better football prospect and I think is probably going to be the better collegiate player. I think Jonah Williams in the long, long term, like NFL, has a higher ceiling than Peyton Because Jonah
0: Williams has the size that Peyton Bowen doesn't doesn't have. Yes, Peyton Bowen is an
1: outstanding football player, instinctual – Athletic, fast, aggressive, the whole nine yards he 's five foot eleven, yeah, Jonah Williams is six three, two hundred, and ten
0: pounds. Spartan sooner says will twenty twenty five be an offensive or defensive focused recruiting class or possibly fifty fifty I think offensive line will be a big part of this class i don 't know if they ever go into a year saying all right let 's focus more on the the defense compared to the offense. I guess it kind of depends on who's your board and where your needs are at. Yeah. But I think ideally they'd always be as close to fifty fifty as possible. It'll it'll lean slightly offense. Not much.
1: Slightly to the offensive side. It, I, I I've long said twenty to twenty twenty or I'm sorry, twenty two twenty two commits in that range. I'd say you probably have If you get 22, you're probably 12 offensive guys, 10 defensive guys.
0: Uh, Jim in Arlington, our uh, pal down there in North Texas, says, Parker, is BV getting softer on his don't commit until you're ready stance with last weekend's junior day visit offensive line commitment? Uh, No, Jim, not at all. and I don't know why
1: the inference there is that Ryan Fojay's commitment would indicate that brent venables is getting softer in that capacity because i mean look it is the same and it's been the same and it's worth noting every single kid that's taken a visit in violation of brent venables visit policy has ultimately ended up at the school that they visited in violation of brent venables visit policy so i think with that data gathered brent venables has all the more reason to say no absolutely not this was a hard line in the sand before.
0: It's an even harder line in the sand now. UPS Boomer says I'm in Wichita. Definitely a one on your uh, city rankings there. Yeah, w- w- I gave I very generously <laughs> gave
1: Wichita a three.
0: Oklahoma Johnny says St. Louis is in the state of misery. It sucks. It's not a seven. I'm I'm not a fan of St. Louis. I at forgot
1: all. I forgot
0: St. Louis is in Missouri. Okay, I'm knocking it down to a four. I would even go lower than that. Not even because of the Missouri part, just because of the. St. Louis part. Not a, not a big fan of it. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to more of your text on the other side. More predictions rolling in over the weekend. And is OU establishing a PWO pipeline in the state? I, I don't know. We'll talk about it coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref for the homeless sooner fans 405-651-3439 keep the text coming on the knipple chevrolet text line it's like 5 30 on friday get a text on the text line hey oh you just got a new commit like what what what's going on 2024 offensive lineman evan mcclure from bixby oklahoma oh okay yeah a nice uh late pwo ad for ou on the offensive line evan mcclure and i kind of teased it going into the break it's does OU have a new PWO pipeline in the state? I don't know if it's accurate to say that, but as Bixby continues to win state championship after state championship, and Evan McClure won three at Bixby, you are seeing OU, seemingly every single year, take one, two, or I think, what, a couple of years ago, three different PWOs from from Bixby. That's um, what makes Bixby so great and so impressive, right, is that... They're
1: not rife with Power 5 scholarship athletes. They're just a bunch of – like, 22 dudes, generally more than that because they sub a lot, but 22-plus dudes, all of whom have the athletic capacity to go play college football at some level and that know their role, know the scheme, and they execute their role with precision every single Friday night. And so the more of those guys – that you can get at no cost via the PWO route, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? And so it's not shocking that Oklahoma has made an effort to mine Bixby for PWOs ever since Brent Venables has become head coach. And, and I it, would it, expect that to continue.
0: And, I mean, it's a—I think it's a good look for many reasons. You just pointed out a, a couple of those. But the way that Bixby's rolling off state championship and what their rosters are going to look like – There's going to be a point, probably here pretty quickly, where they've got a high-level four-star, or a four-star player that you really want to offer, and you want him in your class. Not as a PWO, but you want him as a legitimate scholarship offer guy. And if you kind of establish that pipeline between OU and Bixby with PWO guys, I think it only stands for you to benefit that side of the state. That when Bixby does have a high level four star player, someone that you really like that you want to offer, maybe your chances are a little bit better than they would have been a, a few years ago. And this all goes back to what we brought up as recently as a year ago. OU needs to do a better job in the Tulsa area in the nine one eight, and I think throughout the past year we've seen OU put more effort into the nine one eight and do a much better job on that side of the state. So that's 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 good to see for for OU's recruiting efforts for sure. Let's go to the west side of the state. Because there's a really good player out there in 2025, C.J. Nixon. Mm. Brandon Drum went out to see him, what, last week? Yep. He's a really good basketball player, high-level football player, top-ten player in the States. Brandon Drum throws down a a, future cast prediction for C.J. Nixon. And this just comes a few days after he goes out to Weatherford and sees him. So, obviously, he heard something that he really liked from C.J. Nixon this past
1: week. There are two finalists in this battle for C.J. Nixon, Tyler. Those finalists are OU and basketball. So <laughs> it's your seems as, that way. Yes. As long as the kid doesn't end up deciding he wants to go with his first love and play basketball, as long as he takes the more logically sensible route, because he objectively has a much higher ceiling in the sport of football than he does basketball, then he's going to be a sooner. And... That's really
0: what it boils down to. Again, it is Oklahoma or it is basketball for C.J. Nixon. Uh, for the 405, they have been getting PWI, uh, PWO guys to OU these past couple of years, and now it's paying off with actual scholarship guys. I think the, um, that texture is mentioning they were doing that in Carl Albert's PWO offers, Yep, and now it's helping them land a you know uh, t- a 2024 scholarship guy and a few others in uh, 2025 as well. Old Chuck... From the Hills says, are the Sooners out on Thatcher? By the way, shout out to Old Shuck because that's
1: his first text in eight months on the knippo Myers Chevrolet. Where line. you been? What's been going on? Uh, he's out there in Tahlequah Man. living life on the east side. To answer your question, Old Shuck, yes. The Sooners are out on Christian Thatcher. I don't know where he ends up at this point. It's not going to be OU. The two sides have kind of amicably moved
0: different directions. Uh, Sooner Sean says, I think it's also important for kids coming up to here and see kids staying in state. It helps recruit itself for the future. Have you uh, So that texter, Sooner Sean, have you heard about uh, Owen, his, uh, his newborn? Have you heard the story behind no, that? No, I haven't. So um, Sooner Sean texted us a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, just want let to you, let you know we're about to have a baby. Uh, Owen is going to be the name, after Owen Field, of course. Can't wait to introduce a new member to the Ref Army. To which I thought, that's awesome. Sooner Sean, thank you for sharing that. Well, uh, Sooner Sean checked back in a week later and said this. Last week I texted about my son Owen being born last weekend. He had to be admitted to the NICU due to some respiratory issues. uh, But fortunately, KREF's own Connor Pasby's wife, Callie, has been part of the team at OKC Mercy taking care of him. So I've already told him and his wife what a blessing they've been taking care of him and my life along the way. How cool cool is that? That's amazing. K-Ref Army, man, it rolls deep. It rolls deep. Glad to know little Owen is doing well. Sooner, Sean. Yeah. Owen needs to be the, uh, the mascots for the ref army. That's... Owen and Gunny could be the two mascots for the, for the ref army. Don't worry, Sooner, Sean. He's, he's harmless. Trust me. Uh, he, he's been around several times at Remotes. He's awesome. Um, National Signing Day is this week, man. And outside of A&M and LSU, fighting it out for Terry Bussey. Are there any really any local storylines to, to mention at this point?
1: There aren't even that many national storylines, no. Tyler. Like there's just not that much happening. I uh, And you know it'll be more of the same next year. It like as we get deeper and deeper into this era of college football, the portal era most specifically, more and more kids are gonna make their decisions and sign in the early signing period as opposed to the February signing period. And we will get to the point, I would say, within the next few years where that February signing period is going to be more or less obsolete.
0: Coaches don't love the date of the early signing period right now with the current calendar of college football. Ryan Day said as much at the Cotton Bowl. My question is this. You You think that the second signing period will continue to be less and less of a thing. And I, and I agree with that, for sure. The way things are trending, it's all about the December signing period. But do you, ever, do you think that there's ever going to be a day where there's not an actual signing day and kids can just sign whenever they want without an actual signing day to look forward to every single year? Uh, maybe? Gosh, that that's, that's a
1: huge, huge question. And I think that opens the door for, you know, it's hard to answer because I almost look at it from the standpoint of, well, there's almost too many unforeseen consequences of something like that that I'm not even mindful of right now. Kind of like when they passed NIL legislation, right? We didn't realize it at the time, but now in hindsight, we're like, oh, yeah, there were a zillion issues with running that whole thing through as quickly as they did. And there were a zillion issues that had they taken some more time to process it, they could have foreseen and avoided. And I feel like it's almost kind of the same deal with, well, if you were to completely eradicate signing day, I wonder what kind of effect that like, for instance, if a kid decides to sign in August, but then his coach leaves or gets fired, you know, like what provisions do you make for him? Oh, sure. And so i That's just one very, very low-level example of what could happen if you didn't have a signing day or a signing period. Uh, Sarks Vodka asked, Fasusi and Haywood affected by Fojay's commitment? Uh, Fasusi, no. Haywood, no. Like, individually, neither of those guys will be affected. Like... uh that, that's not going to have any impact on Oklahoma's pursuit of those dudes. Oklahoma has two offensive linemen committed right now, Owen Hollenbeck and Ryan Fojay. They're going to try and take four. And the two at the top of the list right now are Michael Fasusi and Lamont Rogers. I'm not super high on OU and Ty Haywood. I, I don't see them as the leader there. And I think there are several other schools that are better positioned than Oklahoma for Ty Haywood.
0: Back to National Signing Day coming up on Wednesday, it just it used to be such a big day. I, it, even like five years ago, it was just such a bigger day than what it is now. It's just going to feel like a normal day for us, really. Like, there's yeah. nothing new with the 24 class. Everything that we said on Signing b- Day back in December will probably be repeated on Wednesday of this week because there's no new offers, no new storylines. Same thing with Texas, man. They're... they're not even holding out hope that Terry Bussey is doing something crazy with them. They they don't really have a lot to talk about right now. But I do hope, I don't know if I expect this, but I do hope Bussey sticks with A&M rather than going to LSU. I think it's going to be a while before A&M is good. It's probably going to take a few years. Even if they do get good under their next head coach. So what you're saying is bury him on a crappy roster. Yes, don't go to LSU where there's a lot better chance in my opinion where he turns out to be like, lethal around other really good players as well so i guess if i have to pay attention to something on wednesday on signing day i hope uh I, god i'm rooting for a&m to win a recruitment because i think that they're gonna wow. be so bad yeah wow <laughs> yeah.
1: this moment has come like we're witnessing yeah. this in real time this is actually happening folks yeah tyler yeah. McComas wants texas a&m to get a i
0: hope the bucky's money kicks in tyler McComas wants a five star to go to texas a&m huh rather than LSU where he would actually have a chance to be on a good football team. That's correct. I'm not going to do the gig'em or the thumbs-up, whatever they do there. Not going to do it. But He's doing it right now with both hands. I'm doing I'm Lincoln Cure with the double horns down, man. That was so epic. Are you not just taking that photo at that time saying, oh, yeah, this is going to do really well on oh, social media? Oh, no, I knew it would. Right <laughs> I knew it would. second I snapped that, I was like, hello. 405 651 is the Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. I see a text about the SEC and the Big Ten from this weekend. Yeah, we'll get to that and more recruiting as well right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC, and El Reno bring you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. It's Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC, and El Reno. Uh, a few things from over the weekend. Andy Bass ranked as a top 10 athlete in on Three's rankings. How about that? <laughs> That's wild, isn't it? Because I have been critical of
1: On3, as have many others, for what I feel is like and it could probably the most legitimate case of anti-OU bias that we've seen. Because when you look at how Oklahoma's 27 scholarship signees plus Andy Bass rank amongst the four recruiting services that being 24-7 rivals ESPN and On3. Three. On3 three has the industry's lowest ranking on 14 of the 28. Jeez. 14 of the 28. And but the <laughs> despite all that, guy. Andy, ba- Andy Bass is the one guy that they have – or I'm sorry, no other recruiting service has done right by Andy Bass the way that On3 has in ranking him a four-star because Andy Bass
0: is a four-star. I'm glad he's been recognized as such. Uh, Seth Freeman, I did see that he continues to be the number 1 long snapper in the country for this class. Another PWO guy. Congratulations to Seth Freeman on being the number 1 long snapper. Uh, Bill O'Brien, well, that Ohio State uh, OC title that he had may be short-lived. Sounds like he could be the next head coach at Boston College. So Ryan Day may be back to the drawing board on his, on his next OC. As, as I
1: tweeted last night. If you thought Bill O'Brien was an unsexy OC hire for Ohio State, just imagine what Ryan Day's backup plan for Bill O'Brien
0: is. Mm. I don't know what the backup plan to Bill O'Brien How much be. more unsexy does it get? Brian Ferentz. It's Brian oh Ferentz. gosh. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I would be even more fascinated on the Ohio State 2024 season if Brian Ferentz was the offensive coordinator. Jeez. Uh, I'm sure you still know some guys over there at 24-7. Could you maybe shoot them a text after the show? I, th- there was an article out today, uh, titled College Football's 15 Fastest Players Heading into 2024, and, you know, they had guys like Isaiah Bond heading to Texas on there, Nick Harper at South Carolina, okay, yeah, he's really athletic really fast, Monterey Baldwin at Baylor, Dylan Edwards at Colorado, no sign of, uh, our F-18 Jets. Here on the top fifteen, no, no sign of that guy. No sign of Brennan Thompson on the top fifteen. Brennan Thompson wasn't among the top fifteen fastest nah. players in college uh-uh. football. No,
1: uh, uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. Somebody ain't done their homework.
0: Yeah, when uh, when Mike Brooks called me a few months ago was saying, "Hey, by these track times and compared to other, he could be the fastest player in OU history." Yeah, the guy probably deserves to be in the top fifteen. I would say so.
1: I would just, yeah, you know. he's ran a ten. He's run a ten point one eight in the one hundred meter dash. Ten point one eight. Truly show me good. show me how many guys in college football have a 100-meter ta- dash below 10.18.
0: Or even below 10.3 for well, that matter. Well, I mean, forget not being in the top 15. Maybe he should be, like, number one. <laughs> I'm mean, judging by the track times, maybe. Sam and Edmund says, if OU was up near the top with Terry Bussey, why are we not in the mix now? Seems like they don't circle back around to OU, even though we're in the top of their schools. Because
1: OU and Emmett Jones decided that they were going to proceed without Terry Bussie and would be content not to be part of this battle that has now gone all the way to signing day because it's obviously been a headache for the schools and the fan bases involved. And Oklahoma had four outstanding wide receiver commits in the 2024 class. They didn't need Terry Bussie at that point when it became clear that he wasn't signing with Texas A&M in the early signing period. Well, the Sooners were kind of already feeling the numbers crunch as it was. And they had yet to add all of their portal players to that point. So the numbers predicament has only grown more significant. And so, look, Terry Bussey's a stud, no question about it. But he was also a guy that Oklahoma and Emmett Jones decided they didn't need.
0: Glenn from Nashville says, speaking of A&M, can we close the chapter on David Hicks or is there still a chance he leaves Texas A&M? We can close the chapter for this year. Definitely this year. It's gonna be hard for me to get there next year. I guess I, what it'll start I, I have next no year. doubt
1: it'll be. Oh yeah, it'll be a, a conversation again. Whether that's at the end of this spring or at the end of next, like it, it'll be
0: a conversation again. You can set your watch to that. Four oh five. Will you guys give us your take on the SEC and Big Ten from this weekend? I, look, it, it's great in theory, and I hope something happens. I hope the SEC and the Big Ten come together and try and fix college football. I just. I love this sport. It's always been my favorite sport. It will always be my favorite sport no matter what happens, at least I think. I just, I'm just i very down about things right now. I don't think just something monu- some monumental change is going to happen. How do you fix college football? And I get that's the point of the advisory committee.
1: But like, even theoretically, how do you begin to process some of the solutions that are feasible? They're not. And college football has changed permanently. And we're just going to have to get used to it. This is the new normal. This is
0: reality. There's not one fix to it. Yeah. you got to fix the portal, NIL, the calendar. For like, <laughs> there's like so many different things that you got to uh, – or opt-outs for bowl games. There's just so many things that, you know, the true college football fan doesn't love at this point. You
1: are not fixing college football with an advisory committee. That's just not happening.
0: Correct. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on The Ref.